Hey everyone, welcome back to Staying Connected. This is Katie, your host, and today I have Jeremiah with me, and he's going to tell us about his story with VEDS and his kids. Uh, VEDS stands for Vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, uh, which is a connective tissue disorder that I also have. So, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Katie, for for having me. This is a it's a great opportunity to come out here and present our story, you know, my story personally, and. And um, I appreciate you doing I'm excited this. to hear yeah. your story because I haven't heard yours yet. And I've met you a few times yep. now over the last year, which has been awesome. I feel like I go to these things Abs- and then I get to meet everybody. Absolutely. I mean, at this point, like, I mean, we're, we're I, I really, we're family at this yeah. point, you know, and I'm really, really happy to, to, to know you and, and all the other vets people. It's amazing. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so great. It is like family. It really is. It is. So how are you diagnosed with vets? So um, our story is probably a little bit different. So we were um, was diagnosed through our, through our now nine-year-old um, uh, Miles. Uh, essentially, so um, you know, ever since he was born, um, he would like you know, we, we my wife and I would be changing his diapers, and he'd have like just random bruises like in his legs and just weird places, and you know, hips and things like that, and you know, uh, you know, we just like automatically assume or we we just knew that something was was wrong or something yeah. was was off. And um, so, you know, we went through the whole um, many years of, of going through doctors and whatnot and just to try to figure out what was wrong with him. You know, we, I think at some point we got like he might have had some blood clotting disorder or some, some blood disorder. And, um, uh, you know, it's literally just through, um, you know, just you know, finding the right, you know, literally just, <laughs> just constantly finding, trying to find what was wrong with him, you know. And so we went through a handful of doctors and then finally it was literally like my wife was Googling one day. Easy bruising, translucent skin and vascular Ehlers-Danlos popped up and so we were um you know we're like wow this is really strange you know our kid this is really rare you know our son can't have this condition and so we, we were lucky enough that we were um, in austin and we had a great some great doctors in the area and we found a geneticist and we went to the geneticist and we were really adamant about you know trying to figure out if he had this condition or not and um so uh we you know she was like i don't think he has that and you know, whatever. So we're like, we know, let's get him genetically tested. So we were able to get him genetically tested and, um, the longest three months ever for that panel to come back. And it came back that, you know, it's vascular Ehlers-Danlos. And so immediately, you know, I had, I grown up in my life, like I had had just a lot of like really strange, random things that have happened to me and stuff. And so I got tested and then, um, the rest, our other two boys got tested and it came back that I had vascular Ehlers-Danlos and, and our other, uh, six, now six year old has it in our 10 year old lucked out so wow long story <laughs> sorry <laughs> no that's amazing though like I always find it that's similar to I talked to Carla in the UK and like mm-hmm. she found out after her kid was diagnosed too yeah. so it's so interesting how did that um, feel when the genetic test for him came back oh man uh I think I'd say a little bit of a sigh of relief, essentially, just because you know, we waited three months for that results to come back. And, um, uh, you know, now we have an answer. You know, now we can kind of move forth a little bit and try to try to educate ourselves and, and, and really try to understand what, what this meant. Um, it, yeah, I mean, the three months waiting was definitely, you know, it was a little bit stressful, you know, up until that yeah. point. But um, What was it like during that time? Oh, gosh. You know, I mean, I, th- I think I, I've I Googled many times, you know, and luckily we have the internet nowadays, we have all this information readily available. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it was very, very little stressful, you know, just kind of yeah. thinking and wondering what the possibilities, you know, were. Did you have any doctors, like, monitoring you during that time? 
Um, no, I mean, I just, you know, I, I just had a primary care physician and uh, an eye doctor because I've got really bad eye problems. We could probably dig into that at some point. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just primary care. Yeah. Primary care doctor. So when you came back diagnosed, how did that feel for you? I think it, it, was, it was more like, um, okay, maybe there's some answers now to, yeah. you know, things, some random things that happened to me as I was a kid growing up, you know, like, for example, um, you know, just playing in gym class or something like that. We used to play volleyball, and I would, I'd hit the volleyball, and my forearms would just, like, immediately sharp pain, swelling and things like that. And I, it was just like, is that normal? I have no idea. But now that I think about it, it was, you know, rupturing all kinds of vessels in my arms yeah. from just playing volleyball. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, gosh. It's so interesting it's, when, you, when all of it starts to make sense. Yeah. So I think it was just like, yeah, it was totally like, uh, now it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Know? So then you guys have three kids, right? So you have one that's not effective. Yeah, so um, he won the genetics lottery. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'd say that but we, we essentially won the genetics lottery, like the joke, because our 10-year-old, who doesn't have VEDS, has uh, celiacs, and, um, and he's on the spectrum. He's like Asperger's. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, we've got our hands full. <laughs> <laughs> well, I admire your kids, and they're amazing. They're 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 crazy kids. They're very smart and yeah, very resilient kids. You know, they love the, love those guys to death, man. <laughs> so you mentioned the uh, you know playing volleyball and the big bruising and the swelling. Mm-hmm. What other things did that explain for you? Um, so I remember another thing as a kid. There was this one time, or I guess is I can't remember. If it was like eleven or twelve. I was going to a doctor, and she's like, started to see, like, um, I guess my spine was starting to become a little bit misaligned, and so I was basically being monitored for scoliosis at this time. It wasn't enough to, um, I guess was, they say, like, I think if it's under 10 degrees and they don't, they just, like, watch or something like that, they don't really do anything about it. But just, like, something like that, like, you know, it's like i just constantly just wondering, is there other kids or other, you know, that are having these same issues? So that was one case, or one, one, one of the times um, that something weird happened. And there was another time where all of a sudden, like, um, I, went to, I did a doctor's appointment, and then they wanted to uh, do an x-ray or follow-up because they thought they saw something weird, like, in my heart. Like, a, I don't know, at the time, they said maybe, like, a double uh, aortic arch or something, maybe, which oh, I have no idea what the heck that was at the time. But I think we ended up finding out that that, that wasn't the case later on. Um, but that was just an experience. You know, I think I was like 10 or 11 at the time and just having to go through x-rays and things like that. And then yeah. I ended up, I couldn't drink that barium swallow stuff. That stuff was just so horrible. <laughs> that stuff is gross. Disgusting. It's like drinking chalk, <laughs> liquid chalk. And so I ended up having to do, that was like my first, I think, MRI that I had to do um, because yeah. I couldn't drink that. So, but Were you having stomach problems or is the barium swallow? I just could not drink it. I was, I, mean, I was literally on the table there and I was trying to swallow this stuff and it just kept coming back up. It's so it's, gross. Is horrible. <laughs> I had to have one of those when I was a kid for GI issues. And it was, I remember the cool thing about it is they made me excited to get through that because they said I could watch all of it go through my body on the screen. And I think they were, you know, like trying to make me amused because I'm a kid. So they've got me like turned towards the little like, screen. <laughs> here, here, kid, drink this stuff that is just horrible. Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. Oh my goodness. So, Miles and Henry, right? Yeah. They have buds. Yes. So what has it been like raising them? Oh, man. It's a a bit of a challenge. I mean, I'd say that, you know, being a parent just for the general population is very difficult. But having VEDS and trying to keep up with them, 
a challenge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are, uh, they're great kids, but I mean, they're kids at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're going to do stupid things and, you know, and you just hope that, that they don't get really hurt, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, we've had, a, had some issues happen in the past, um, with, with Miles and, uh, more recently, um, we, um, uh, I think it was like a couple years ago, uh, Henry had a scan and um, uh, uh, had his, his, his full annual scan done and it came back that they saw something on his brain. And so um, we had a follow-up and they, they thought they, that it could be a possible aneurysm in his brain. And so, um, you know, it's like, wow. You know, we, we saw this one neurologist that, or this neurosurgeon that really scared the crap out of us. Like we went into his office and um, yeah, he was just like telling us, he was basically talking about like, you know, like clipping this, you know, opening his opening his skull up and skip and you know clipping the aneurysm or that he saw and we were just like my wife and I were just like we were just freaked out at the appointment, you know. Yeah. And we ended up, you know, we ended up following up with, um, you know, we, we just knew that there was something wrong about that. But we followed up with our our other uh, doctor and um, they were like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have, you know, been so uh, so very aggressive about that <laughs> and. Um, and so we ended up finding it. Uh, we ended up seeing another neurosurgeon in uh, in Houston, and you know he was an amazing neurosurgeon. And um, he, uh, you know, he said that initial, from the initial meeting, he was just like, you know, I think that there's something there. But he's like, I can, you know, him coming into the room and physically telling you, I can fix it if there's if if it is an aneurysm. It's it's kind of a scary thing, you know. For yeah, I think he was four years old at the time. Um, uh, so, jumping to now, where we're at now, that was, that was a couple years ago, I think, and, um, you know, we we saw him, I think, uh, maybe a year ago, I think, and he said he didn't see anything there, but not 100% sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, having a six-year-old with possible brain aneurysm is a very scary thing. That's got to be terrifying. Yeah. Have they had any other complications so far? Yeah. Um, so, actually, Miles, um, just as past week he uh you know we were riding riding around the park on our bikes just trying to be active and you know because we don't want to sit around and, and just do nothing yeah um yeah he was just riding ahead of me and he just um he fell off his bike and ended up you know just uh breaking his uh, his wrist and a very one of that i can't remember the exact name of the bone but it's a very vital one there's a, there's some blood supply that runs through there and um it's very crucial that that that, that heals up properly otherwise he can have some major issues with that or the bone can die essentially yeah. is what the doctor told us so it's that, and then um, I want to say two years ago, he was at school and he got injured on the playground, and um, uh, his leg he ended up having like a 24 uh, uh, centimeter hematoma in his leg, and, and oh my gosh. yeah, he, he was he couldn't walk for I want to say maybe like six weeks, so he was like in a wheelchair, and um, it was. Can you describe what a hematoma is for people? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. So hematoma essentially is just like um, uh, I'd say like it's internal bleeding. It's like a pool of blood that just kind of stays in one place and. You have to monitor them really carefully because they can turn into um, what's called a compartment syndrome, and that is not a good thing. <laughs> that like blocks off the nerves and yeah, the blood supply I, to certain areas when that because the hematomas are really hard, yeah. you know. Because I like when I think of like pooling blood, I think of like people with pots where they like yeah. pull down to their legs. But I have one on my butt right now, and it's a very hard lump. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> it's not great. No, I'm sure. Jeez. <laughs> and so that was like a year ago, you said. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, it was Couple last years. year. I think it was a year or two ago. Yeah, okay. something like that. But it was a tough time, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. he was in the hospital for uh, honestly a total of five days or something. Aww. Yeah, and 
we had to go back at one point um, just because we thought he might have been getting worse. Um, his leg was starting to hurt a lot more and stuff. So, and, you know, with feds, you gotta you gotta be on the you always have to be on the edge of things and 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 be ready to go with you know things like that. But. Yeah. How did how did you guys handle a school? Oh, that's yeah. So I'm really lucky to have an amazing wife who is essentially our advocate and. You know, honestly, I, I would have never got diagnosed with this condition if it wasn't for her, obviously, not let alone having the kids, you know, but, um, but uh, yeah, so she's, we're very fortunate that my wife can uh, spend a lot of time up at the school, and she's, uh, she's really heavily invested in, um, in the PTO and stuff like that, and she's, um, she's just, I mean, she's, she's literally the kids, you know, rock, I mean, she's, she's, she's been a huge advocate at school, talking to the teachers about VEDS. Um, and we have to go through this every year, it seems like. We have to go and um, just reinform them, you know, hey, this is his condition, and, you know, if something happens, we, we you know, call us immediately, you know, because yeah. it could be a life-threatening uh, event. Um, you know, that, and she's got, um, she created, like, this um, paper document. Um, essentially, it's like a health alert, which she hands out to all the teachers. And so a lot of the, you know, a lot of teachers know who we are because we're up there all the time and we spend a lot of time, probably more than a lot of people, but we do it for our kids, you know, because yeah. ultimately it could, it could save their lives, you know, if something happens. Do they have, do they know they have vets? The kids? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, Miles at this point is very well aware of, of his condition, um, you know. Fortunately, you know, having the VEDs, there's a lot of things that you can't do, um, you know, no contact sports, no weightlifting, things like that, uh, isometric exercises. Um, so he's, uh, you know, at school, he has like a modified list of things that he that he has to do or, or can't, you know, things that he can't do and, you know, things that he can be replaced to do those, to, to do those th- things that he can't do. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he knows he has it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's tough, I think, you know, I, I I feel like he's missing out on things, you know, like he would love to play baseball or, or, um, you know, ride a bike <laughs> without yeah. getting hurt. Um, yeah. So Henry, uh, six year old, um, yeah, he knows he has feds, but I don't think he really completely understands it completely just yet. But I, I think, you I mean, they're, they're smart enough that they're going to, they're going to know eventually, you know, and, and really understand it, I think. How did you first communicate that to them? Like, how did that? <clears throat> yeah. So, um, you know, so they were younger when they got diagnosed. So uh, Miles, I think, was four or five. He's nine now. So, um, you know, we, we tried to dumb it down for kids, right? Like your skin's not strong. Your glue, your glue that holds your skin together is not strong enough. So we try to make it, um, you know, try to make it so that they under, they can understand, like, on a kid level. Um, they didn't really fully understand the ramifications of something, you know, but of, of the condition. But, yeah. you know... Um, I, yeah, you know, we just, we try to dumb it down and just, we try to let them still be kids for the most part, but I mean, the back of our minds, we're, we're always, you know, we're always extremely careful about yeah what we let them do. And they've met other kids with vets now. Oh, it's been great. Yeah. I mean, Miles has made a friend, um, a couple of friends with vets now. And, you know, ultimately I, I really hope that they'll, they'll grow up together and they can have, you know, um, you know, someone to lean on and someone to just express their their life I mean with their challenges and I mean this is amazing honestly for them to have that that support you know yeah I've heard of, I've heard that a lot from the parents of kids that have, is in Houston I think they got together yeah um and it was wonderful oh yeah absolutely 
yeah, it's just amazing to, to see your kids there and then, and they're, you know, talking to other kids with it and mm-hmm. you know, a smile on their faces and you know, it's kind of a safe space for them. So does anybody else in your family have it or are you the first one? So, uh, yeah, I mean, essentially at this point, um, the first one at this point, um, we kind of think it might run on my mom's side of the family. We're not, we're not really sure though. Um, we, we really, we really don't know where we've been trying to be trying to get our family to get genetically tested and whatnot, but it's kind of been a little successful in that department, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to figure out at some point. Yeah. If, what if, makes you think it's on your mom's side? There's a, a few things that happened. So like, um, my, um, my mom's dad, um, he passed, uh, I want to say like in his forties. Um, uh, his, his situation was a little bit, a little bit different. So he, he was actually, he was in surgery, um, and they, uh, he was in surgery for a kidney. I believe the, one of the, the way I understand it is that his, uh, the tubes that connect his kidney, they were like, one of them was detached or something. Okay. So the kidney was dying or something. So they were in there to remove it. Um, and, uh, I think they, they ruptured either his, uh, spleen or pancreas. I can never remember, huh. but they ruptured it in surgery and ended up, you know, bleeding out and dying, um, during wow. surgery. Yeah. So that's why we kind of think it might possibly run on the side, on that side of the family just because of that. Yeah. Um, how's your mom? So, um, so yeah, as from what I know, my mom, um, she says that she has, a, a little bit of a detached uh, tube on her kidney at this point. Mm-hmm. So, but, but my mom, my mom, as far as now, up to now, she's, I mean, she's fairly healthy for the most part. She's uh, almost 50, yeah. Uh, All getting, right. Pushing up. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, we, we really don't 100% know. Yeah. So, no. Do you get annual scans? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got a cardiologist that I see down in Houston just to follow up. And, um, yeah, I'm getting scans. Uh, those things are brutal, man. Like I think I was like in the last one I just did recent, you know, the most more recent one. I think I was in the in the, the tube for about like five and a half hours or something. Wow. Yeah. So this was like an older machine um, that was in Houston, and this was like really like I think that the guy told me that it was made in like uh, maybe the early two thousands or maybe even the, ni- the the late nineties, and so it was like really one of those one of those MRAs. That you can like feel the magnetic force just like pushing down on you. So like, I literally describe it like it was like when I got out of that thing, I felt like I went like you know twelve rounds with like Mike Tyson or something. It was, <laughs> it was brutal. So the the scans, the machines that we have down in uh, Austin at our at our local um, um, ARA clinic or something, I think they're they're more of the of the up to date machines. And so those, I think I went in once there, and it was like maybe like two trips. I think and they were split up like thirty minute or forty minute increments and so that was like way better yeah five and a half hours sounds pretty miserable yeah it was horrible so do you ever get the ultrasounds instead so um yeah we we do echoes as well too echoes i think those are yearly um as far as like uh ultrasound doing other i guess checking for other things i yeah i know uh dr shireen i'm Mm -hmm. just gonna call her shireen (laughs) yeah um she's a proponent of that for follow-up scans unless you see something yeah because it you don't have to sit in an MRA for a long time, and they're less yeah. expensive. And if you're, like, a smaller person, which a lot of us are, yeah. then it's easy to see those arteries. If there's something there. Yeah. Yeah, um, might be something I should probably look into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot less miserable. And I've, I've only had – I've had an MRA a couple times, but I've had to push for it, you know, because, oh, yeah. like, yeah. they, it's – 
after I've had a mini stroke, and I'm like, I've already had four CTs in the last year. Like, yeah. I don't think I should be having another one right now because then I'm going to look at a brain tumor. And they're like, yes. okay, but they have to admit me in order to do the MRA because it's yeah. not in the emergency department. Right. Oh, man. It's but like those CTs are crazy, too, because yes. they make you feel like you have to pee. Yes. When they when that, that uh, the dye <laughs> runs through your... Oh, my goodness. I did have to do a CT uh, once. Uh, I had this... Um, I'm doing some yard work, so I'm kind of a kind of a dude, you know. I like to do yard work, and that's kind of the last thing that I can I do that really makes me feel like I'm can still do things, um, you know, as a, as a guy. Um, so yeah, I did like it was like uh, last year. I think I just kind of overexerted myself, and I was having like this pain like in my abdomen. It's kind of sudden onset of pain, so you know you got to get to yeah. the hospital right away to get checked. Um, and um, so yeah, they they did a CT on me at that, that time because it was like it's the quickest thing they can do to, to get in there and check. Um, to see if uh, if you have you know something in there, mm-hmm. scared the heck out of the doctor because he was he didn't know what VEDS was. That's kind of another thing, right? Every time you go to the hospital, yeah. it's just like you don't know what doctor you're gonna get. You don't know what they're. Yeah, it's either they're way way concerned about it or they're like dismissive. Yes, I haven't had one that's just in the middle because they haven't heard of it before. So it's either one extreme or the other. Yes, that's very true. Fortunately, yeah, this this one time, this doctor was was very open ear. So he he listened to us right away. He got us into the CT really quickly, and you know, I had Rachel there um, by my side, and she was just pushing. You know, we busted out our our uh, med passport. You know, yeah. Doctor Byers' passport, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that that's come in handy a time or two. So did they end up finding anything on that? No, um, I think actually I do my I might have uh, a small uh, hernia. There oh. somewhere, which I don't know if that's related to beds. Probably, possibly. I think I read about that somewhere that it was. Yeah, and I had never heard <clears> of that kind of hernia, and I was gonna read the paper, but I haven't. I just read like the abstract. There's some interesting things out there. Have you Google around? Yeah. Like, oh man, is that related to beds? It's kind of <laughs> possibly. Who knows? It's like one of the inner hernias that you don't see. It's just, like it's inside. Somewhere, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so I mean, at this point. Um, just get it monitored. I mean, there's not really anything. I, I'm not going to yeah. go and have surgery to repair right. it unless it's <laughs> like something that's, you know, just like killing me or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you've been pretty fortunate that you yeah. haven't had any major events. I, I have been, honestly. I mean, as far as like art, major arterial uh, issues, yeah, I haven't, I haven't had anything. Major, arger, major artery issues happen. That's maybe, great. So. Yeah. How old are you? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm 33. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Yep. It's wonderful. I love it when I hear good stories like that, too. It's amazing hearing everybody's stories, and sometimes it's really tragic. Yeah. Just hearing what everybody's been through. So it's really nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No artery issues, but, um, I mean, I do do have other complications and things. Um, I've, more recently, I did have, uh, I have a lot of respiratory issues, um, like lung issues. And uh, I think this, earlier this year, I got, like, really sick. I think it was after that whole uh, Washington trip, and I was extremely sick, bronchitis, um, uh, respiratory infection. I, I think uh, they were they were monitoring me for for pneumonia, but they ended up they found pocket there, but I think uh, ended up having like a, a collapse, a partial collapse oh, of wow. lungs. So yeah, I've dealt with those and just having you know asthma and all that stuff. Do they reinflate it, or if it's partial, no, will it come they, back they, on its own? Yeah, they, they essentially just monitor, and um, it, those they generally can heal themselves, from what my That's understanding That's great. Is. I had a friend in uh, high school, and she was in dance, and mm-hmm. she, her lung like, fully collapsed yeah. twice. Oh, man. 
Yeah, she might have had. You never yeah. know. I, I mean, actually who knows? contacted her recently and I said, hey, have you been checked for Marfan syndrome? Because she looked like she had Marfan syndrome and she said she didn't. Yeah. And now I'm like, there might be something else. <laughs> Possibly. You never she know. she just had a healthy pregnancy and everything. That's so, good. That's good. You know, That's maybe it was either. just coincidence. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of things that can be interrelated with, I mean, you know, VEDS is really kind of a young, a young thing. I mean, there's not a whole lot of information out there. And, yeah. Um, you know, doctors are learning themselves. How have you felt with all of this stuff in the last, like, year and a half? Because I was talking to Abby about <clears throat> it, and it really feels like it started to take off over yeah, the last year and a half. I mean, it's amazing. You know, we got diagnosed almost five years ago and, and just kind of being on a desert island at one point, I think, trying to understand you know, um, more about the condition. And, I mean, yeah, seeing what's going on in, in the last year and a half is, is amazing. I mean, it gives definitely gives me hope for my kids. You know, maybe myself. I have no idea. You know, maybe maybe there's some breakthrough that's going to come through in the next few years that you know, uh, you know, that's going to come up and might yeah. might really be a good good way for for us to uh, completely have a better quality of life. I hope you know? so. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited for the meeting tomorrow too. Yeah. Like designing a trial, Absolutely. and especially after we've heard all of this, like. Yeah. Research it's, that's going on. It's like when you're first diagnosed, you don't see it. Yeah. And you, you just don't hear about it. No. And so you don't know what's going on, and you don't think anybody's researching it. And, no. and then you find out, like, you come here, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're actually... There's a lot of work going on <laughs> on the that? back in the background that you don't we don't really know about. It's like the preliminary no. to human trials. Like, yep. there's a lot of mice data right now, mm-hmm. and we just need human, human yep. trials. Yep, and absolutely. it's very exciting. It's, it's mind-boggling. I mean, these, these physicians and scientists and researchers that are out there just... I mean, these people are really heroes, honestly, because they're, you know, they're they're sacrificing their lives to do this research, and you know, and I mean, they're it's amazing, you know, it, it really is. And we have we have a great great team of, of, of physicians and doctors and everybody. You know? We do. Absolutely. So, is there anything I missed that you wanted to tell the people? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, if there's anybody out there that is, you know, just kind of waiting, you know. Maybe they think they have VEDS or they're waiting for genetics, you know, and they're stressed out, you know, new parent that might have a kid with this condition, you know, just, you know, don't, life's not, your life's not over. It's not over. You know, there's a lot, um, you know, there's a lot of living left to do. You know, take a step back and take some breaths. And once you get your diagnosis, um, you know, if you have to grieve about it, grieve about it. I think there's a lot of people that take this in, in a different, you know, a lot of different ways. Uh, reach out to the community. Um, we've got a great community of people. Um, their family, they, they, they love everyone that, that comes around and, and new people to the group. You know, there's just so much, so much out there, so much um, people that really care about, about you and, and are willing to help you to trek through this. So you're not alone out there and, you know, and um, life's, life's going to, you know, you're going to be good. You're going to be fine. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I try to I try to preach that message too. Yeah. So um, if you have trouble finding anybody in the community, you found this podcast. So go ahead and contact me, and I will get you connected with somebody if you haven't found somebody to connect with. So um, you can contact me on my blog, translucent1.blog. There's a contact me page, and I try to reach out to anybody that I can 
that doesn't reach out to me. But I also try really hard to respond to those messages as soon as I can. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Jeremiah. Oh, thank you, Katie, very story. much. Thank you. Anna, there are episodes coming out on the last Sunday of every month, so stay tuned, subscribe, and I'll talk to you soon.